trying to stay above the water, but I'm sinking fast. I don't mind never winning, but I hate always coming last. I am just so Welcome back to Game Science. We're talking about Dead Space this week. And you know what's funny, Jackson, is what? you accidentally said the name of the game in the last episode. <laughs> and then at the end, you didn't remember the name of the game. <laughs> but when you, you know, when you said it the first time, you weren't even like talking about the game. This is well, the like, bit that we did in the intro that failed, oh, and then there was just like dead air for like ten yes. seconds. And you said, <laughs> and you said, yeah, just dead space for like ten seconds. And I was like, you said the name. And then at the end, when we were talking about what game we were talking about next, you were like. I think uh, we're talking about deep We're talking space? about deep space next time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a prophet, but only when I'm not focusing on it. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's it's still a superpower, even if it's on accident. It's true. You just can't plan for it. I guess. <laughs> it's not a very useful superpower. <laughs> Uniquely difficult to use. <laughs> hey, you know it's a phrase that... I don't understand, but everybody, including myself, says. What? Yeah, no. No, no, yeah. I was just yeah, no. having a conversation about that this week. <laughs> <laughs> why? Why is that a phrase? I don't what? know. Like, it feels like it feels like you want to agree with someone, but then you also want to be edgy, too. Like, yeah, no, yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No, no, yeah, 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 no, yeah, yeah, no. What do you, what do you mean? What, what is this a yes or a no? I, well, you, you know, it's uh, yeah, yeah, no. You're absolutely right. It's uh, yeah. <laughs> it's the dumbest phrase in the English language. Yeah, I, I bet there's an interesting history about how that happened. Uh, we were talking, I was talking with my sister about it actually, and we thought it might be uh, connected to uh the minnesotan style of talking that's might be where we get it because it's, it's you know um so oh. we might be kind of uh stripping that down a little bit and oh. trying to yeah <laughs> i wonder if there's something that uh, there that would be mm -hmm. interesting you know just deteriorates to yes and no <laughs> <laughs> yep this has nothing to do with this podcast. <laughs> I know you all come here for etymology and word talk, so... <laughs> it's educational. It's educational. Yeah. Absolutely. That's the why we're in the comedy know. section. <laughs> uh, as mentioned, this is Game Science. I'm Daniel James Barker. And I am Jackson Nikolai. Jackson, what are we talking about this week? Deep space. <laughs> 
I hate you so much. <laughs> dead Space. We're talking about Dead Space, which is a great uh, game series by Visceral Games. We're talking only about the first one right now. We're, we'll do our best to not dabble into any of the other ones at all. We will talk about some of the lore, but for the most part, we're talking Dead Space 1, the original horror suspense yes. shooter. Uh, we talked about doing a series before, and uh, we almost certainly will talk about Dead Space 2 and 3 at some point in the future, not the next, not in the next set of uh, episodes, yeah. because then this, uh, this whole set would be two months long, probably. Yep. So um, <laughs> we're just going to talk about the first one, and then we'll come back to those ones after we've covered a few or several things. games. Yeah. Yeah. Like to try to keep the topics rotating for y'all. We had a lot of fun talking about Overwatch, and we would do it again, absolutely. But we learned yeah. some things as well, so <laughs> we're gonna try to keep the games yes. rotating a bit faster. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, you wanna, do you want to kind of sum up some of the like where do we enter into the Dead Space universe? I'm going to try to approach this the way that a person who has played the game the first time tries to approach this. And uh, you know basically nothing once you start this game off. You are just on a spaceship watching this video from some girl. And she is talking to you, Isaac Clark, an engineer. And you're on this ship on the way to another ship that uh, sent out a distress signal. And they're having problems, so you're going to go there and try and fix the ship. And yeah, it's going to be easy. Just going to be two days and uh, we're back. It's going to be fine. Totally easy. I think one of the first things you find out is this is a video from Isaac's girlfriend who is on the Ishimura. Yeah, she's a medical officer there. And the video seems kind of like a distress call. And he actually cuts off the video, which is a very important plot point. He never actually finishes watching the video at any mm. point. And that will become important towards the end of the game. Also, <laughs> did we say spoiler alert? Spoiler alert. Actually, this is going to be a fun dynamic, too. Oh, so, yeah, yes, this is, we yeah. are we are we are going to be spoiling the uh, the episode or the, the game for you in, in this episode and in the subsequent episodes. But I am also joining you all in the spoiling of the game to some extent yeah. because I have played just under half of the first Dead Space game. By next episode, I'll have played through the whole thing. But. We're going to be entering into some fun. You're going to find me going, uh, wow, a lot in, in uh, especially yeah. this one in general, because I'm with all of you all who have not played Dead Space so far and are getting introduced to it now. I'm going to have to be pretty careful because yeah. I've played the game. Jackson has not. Yes. It's, it's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm going to try and not spoil anything for you. But if I spoil <laughs> something for you, Jackson, I'm very sorry. That's perfectly fine. I'll rectify it's, it very quickly. But It's part of the job. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The sacrifice needed. Mm -hmm. So we arrive there. The ship is dead. Um, no, no signals. And um, this uh, crack team of an engineer... Um, and uh, some soldiers uh, crash land on this ship. Uh, I forget how did they how did they crash? What happened to them? It's it's confusing. They try to dock with the Ishimura, and something about the magnetic field, the magnetic or automatic docking goes wrong, and uh, everything starts to go off. You hear a boom, and the left the port engine goes out. And uh, they have to manually land in the hangar bay of the Ishimura. Very convenient. Uh, yeah. Um, 
fuck, ah, very, very convenient uh, disaster. That, yeah. that just, that, that's the a, a word I was looking for. <laughs> Basically, the pilot didn't pilot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you're trash, pilot. Yeah. <laughs> So the Ishimura is what is called a planet cracker, and it is the largest one uh, that humanity has. And I really want to talk about uh, planet crackers first, Jackson, because I think that's just a really interesting idea. What do you yeah, yeah. Uh, do? You have anything to say about that? I have a uh, precious little. I'm still getting to know the Ishimura in general in the game. Uh, it seems to be. You know, it's 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 sitting in the when you when you meet it, it's sitting in the middle of what looks like either a fractured, uh, very large uh, cosmic entity, uh, whether that's an asteroid or or what exactly, or a planet. It is in orbit around a planet, um, but it is certainly mining of some sort. Uh, th- at this point in the game, I don't know a whole lot about what the Ishimura does. So, uh, would you like me to get you up to speed? It, Please um, do. It's not a spoiler or anything. I mean, yeah. yeah. Uh, so planet cracker vessels are this uh, really uh, cool tool that humanity is using at this point in the future. I, I'm not sure exactly at what point this is. It's kind of like Star Trek era, like 300, 400 years in the future. Um, maybe maybe 2500s. I can't remember. Um, it's not really important. We're just more advanced. So humanity started having uh, resource problems, very, very bad resource problems. So to solve those resource problems, we looked to the stars, started getting uh, resources from from space. And a planet cracker, what it does is it literally cracks a planet. They they send a mining crew down and they uh, release a gigantic part of the planet, leaving like a huge crater and attach these gravity tethers to it. And then the planet cracking vessel in orbit pulls it up and then they fly away somewhere and take it to a mining station and then humanity gets resources and this um vessel is actually in the process of planet cracking you see this giant like piece of the planet below it that was like halfway up but things went wrong so yeah and uh yeah i i think that's a really interesting concept um but do you think it's kind of overkill a little bit overkill and like like this there are other ways to gather resources than this yeah maybe (laughs) more energy efficient ways yeah i mean certainly well i don't know though like if if the it depends on what the scarcity on on earth is right like and and what the uses were found for these things like right are we able uh, what mineral are they mining on this planet that they can mine in that like just take out a big old chunk of it and assume that it's in there. Well, they they said that like they they mentioned on this planet Aegis Seven um, that there are a lot of different like rare Earth materials, which is a, a poor term, but like a, a, just a lot of resources. Sure. So, and uh, one thing that I'll mention is, um, which is kind of a spoiler, we find out that. Um, Planet Crackers actually weren't supposed to go to Aegis 7. Ooh. Yeah. So, uh, breaking the rules. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And also, they're going out of their way to do this. This is in a different system. They've, (laughs) They've traveled through interstellar space to get to this planet just to get the resources from it. Yep. 
And I and if you look at the planet, there's a giant hole there where this rock used this like multi-trillion <laughs> ton rock used to be. Yeah, that has to like substantially mess with a planet, right? <laughs> um, I. That's a good, I guess, that's a great question. Yeah, let's kind of dig into that a little bit. Like, okay. what, obviously, these are not conservationists, but um, <laughs> um, well, if but there's no what, life on the planet, what's there to conserve? Well, but as we find out, <laughs> there was something well, on there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's. I mean, at, at what point do you begin destabilizing planets if you're pulling out huge chunks like this? That's a good question. Um. We could do the math, right. but I haven't, and I'm not going to like run the numbers right now because right. that's going to be like, that's going to be another half hour of this episode. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's fair. I don't Same. think, let, let's assume that, you know, that they have physicists and engineers here that like understand gravity. Sure. They know that uh, they can uh, determine how much they can take from a planet before it starts destabilizing a system. But also, one could argue, if this is a dead system, who cares if it gets destabilized? Right. Mm -hmm. Now, at, at the point that you are actually still in the orbit of the planet and pulling up the rock, that's not going to really change anything. It might change something once you leave. But this also looks like a pretty small planet. Yeah. And... They're only mining a few trillion tons of, of rock. They're not, it's, it's not like a, a, a moon-sized thing that they're taking out of the system. Yeah, I don't think it would disrupt the system that much. Like, it might change the orbit of this planet, like, a tiny bit. Sure. But I, I, th I think it would be negligible, to be honest. Yeah, I don't think it's actually going to do that much. I mean, if you took half of the Earth out of the solar system, um, if, if it, half of it just disappeared, I don't think even that would disrupt a lot of the solar system at all. Just Yeah, it just begs yeah. the question, like, at what point do they go too far? Clearly, if this is their largest, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not necessarily like their humans are mining the entire galaxy for everything and they're yeah, just yeah. on a path of destabilization. This is like one of their better ships yeah. and it still got sacked by whatever this thing is. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I, I, also we, we see in the game that they've harnessed gravity. Maybe they've found the graviton and they have figured out how to harness it and they, yep. they know how to do gravity. So maybe they can control that. I don't yeah. know. Um, I think if they've harnessed gravity, I think the hardest part about this is going to be just like getting into the crevices to get this thing out of the planet. I think right. that's going to be the hardest part, you know, just like just just cutting around the edges and getting underneath it to pull it out. Right. And then they have to pull it up and we they they say they use gravity tethers. So assuming they've harnessed gravity, you know, maybe they don't need to be in an actual orbit, you know, like in Star Wars or Star Trek. They don't actually have to orbit the planet. But right. while they're raising the rock, they do have to order, or, order the planet. The <laughs> planet. Order the planet. <laughs> Bring me my rock. <laughs> um, they would have to be in geosynchronous orbit in, while they're pulling this rock up because 
if they're just standing still relative to the planet's rotation, or actually, I guess they wouldn't. Well, <sighs> depends how fast exa- okay, you get the actually, rock out of the ground. <laughs> it's true, right? <laughs> actually, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna switch that up. Okay, so if they don't, they can orbit any way they want. They actually don't have to be in geosynchronous orbit. They would have to be orbiting at the same speed as right. the planet is rotating, but they wouldn't have to be in an actual geosynchronous orbit because an technically an orbit is based off of the gravity of the planet that you are orbiting and you know geosynchronous means that you're orbiting at the same speed and there's a specific spot of how far away you have to be for that to work Mm -hmm. if they can orbit at any place that they want then they don't have to be that distance away they could just be driving along at the same rate as the planet yeah yeah (laughs) okay yeah Yeah, okay I got, I got nothing else about planet cracking right now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's deal with some of the ramifications of planet cracking, right? Okay. okay. So, um, assumedly, uh, some of the the uh, excavations on this planet went uh, terribly awry as they had discovered a, another form of life, unlife, something, and uh, it made its way back home. Kind of. Kind of. Kind of. I will. I will semi spoil. Go for it. Here. What they found was a marker. And in some of the audio files and uh, video files, they, met, they mentioned this is the first marker that they have found in the history of unitology, in the 200 year history. Unitology was formed by Michael Altman. Um, kind of. I'll let you read the book Martyr. Uh, Dead Space Martyr, if you want to learn more about that whole thing. And um, they've been looking for markers for a very long time because this is basically their deity. So they find this marker, and this marker changes people. It does this whole thing that happens in the game. Um, But we will get to that. It has connections to alien life. It's complicated. We'll we'll get a greater opportunity to talk about it, especially in the third game. Mm-hmm. But it is the marker is kind of alive in itself. But I will say there are other markers in the universe. Sure, and it the markers have a specific goal in mind. So the markers change people and like change their DNA, but they become alien in themselves. So I mean, we could basically say these are alien zombies. They're sure. Yeah. Yeah. But maybe they come from something closer to an entity rather than an alien creature. Yes. The the marker makes people go insane. It changes people's DNA. It brings the dead back to life and makes them do all this crazy shit. <laughs> and yep. the it's it's interesting, you know, people think that the marker is their path to immortality, but and it kind of is in the sense that you will come back as a necromorph. And then right. and we see that whether it's because of devotion or because of insanity, when these markers become a th- start affecting people around you, start affecting people around it, that there are numbers of people that start like self-mutilating and will kill themselves and like give themselves to the marker and like the and you see the creepy stuff written on the wall like the marker will save us and just, yeah yeah so there's a lot to talk about there especially in the second game like the the 
the second and third game, we will see more about the religious devotion of the unitologists when everything goes to shit. But I think uh, we will have to get a, a little bit further along in the game. Um, yeah. For Jackson before we really <laughs> delve deep into this topic. Yeah. But it's it's really it it gets really creepy man it it yeah. uh, crosses the line between religion and cult mm-hmm. it gets very creepy very fast yeah kind of right away you get uh some audio files and some video files that have to do with this uh this person on it seems like the captain and the doctor on the ship have some disagreement uh over the marker and yeah the 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 ensuing uh conflict that arises is maybe comes a little too late to help the ship <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> the yeah the doctor or the the less crazy doctor right there's one that's that's like actually trying to make necromorphs and we see we see this let's talk about this creepy room with the babies in it yeah Ugh. my goodness you walk into this room and it's like ah why? I, uh, I hate the baby ones. I hate them yeah. so much. I hate fighting them. They're just a, like, they're not dangerous. They're just a pain in the ass. <laughs> yeah, they have like squiggly arms. And <laughs> yeah. I, will men- I will mention in the second game, we get more of the I have to kill babies stuff and it's worse. It's worse yeah. because there are exploding <laughs> babies. Like that's all they do is they have like a pus sack on their back and they explode if you don't uh, shoot them. And then yeah. there's toddlers too because there's a point in the game where you have to where you're forced to travel through a preschool um you're on a you're on a colony so that's why that's there and it's pretty uh, it's pretty bad yep they got rid of the (laughs) they got rid of the babies entirely from the third third game i see why they would do that but i think i kind of dislike it because because (laughs) Because I like killing babies. No. Um, because <laughs> no. I, th- I think the shock factor, it adds to the, to the, oh, this is really horrible. This is not a good situation. That right. Like, yep. Yeah. But um, I'm way off topic. The, <laughs> no, yeah, no. There are two, there are two doctors. One is like insane making baby aliens and uh, the, uh, the other yeah. one's like reasonable. Both of them are unitologists though, but the reasonable doctor tells the captain who is like oh the no this uh, um the the marker is 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 divine and sacred we need we, this is a win for unitology we have to bring this up to the ship now and the yeah. the other doctor is like no bad things are happening down there we need to find out what's going on before we risk all of our lives and yeah. he he actually um uh removes him from duty mhm yeah and like accidentally kills him <laughs> Or at least, at least says so. Yeah. <laughs> He's interesting because he is a unitologist, but he sees this stuff and he like starts to question his faith a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and when he's talking to the captain in one of the vidlogs, he he sort of mutters to himself the phrase "God works in mysterious ways." What yeah. do you think? What do you think about that? If if he's starting to doubt, that's an interesting phrase to to bring to mind because it's almost always said with a with a bit of an irony um so it's i mean i think he's i think when you're faced with this kind of ramifications of when you find the power 
that you have been seeking for so long, you're faced with an entity that is beyond what you have um, created for yourself to follow. Right. You know, like, like it's much different when you have this idea of something out there, but when you're actually confronted with the entity, you find out how much, uh, how much maybe of yourself you've put into the God that you are worshiping. Right. <laughs> and uh, suddenly it's not what you imagined it to be. Uh, we will get more of Dr. Kine. I yeah. believe his name is in the the rest of the game as we finish the game. Uh, let's. Um, I want to get back to the beginning of the game. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, give a little bit of a rundown of the story. Not too much, of course, because uh, you guys have played the game. Um, so we crash land on this uh, on on this ship, and mm-hmm. Isaac Clark and everybody else get off the ship and. They're like, ah, we'll fix it later. And they continue to move on to their mission. And Isaac Clark, I think this is interesting. He he's wearing a helmet immediately. Yeah, well, is he when he's sitting in the chair, he doesn't though, right? Chair. Not in the chair, yeah. but like when they get off the ship, everyone else is just like, I'm wearing clothes. And right. Um why Isaac Clark it, he's an engineer, so there has to be some engineering uh, utility to his helmet. What do you think that would be? Well, uh, certainly the uh, his ability to uh, look at the vid, the video feeds from the other people, like he is. Um, uh, when when he when he gets messages from his other folks, I don't think that it's set up like it's it's not like Aloy's focus, for instance. It's not like it's projecting in front of him necessarily. I think um, it is. Really? Do you think, think it's like an aura thing, like hers is, I, or do you think it's just a way for us to interpret it? I, well, he's looking, there are holograms on the ship when he's not wearing his helmet. That's so true. I think they just have holograms in yep. the future. But okay. there's also that weird, like yeah. secondary plate that's like off of his chest that has like, what looks like lights at least, or words. It's kind of yeah, hard to see like what they are. Scrolling stuff going across there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think there has to be like engineering utility to this helmet. Like maybe it's. Like, um, it is giving him some information that wouldn't necessarily be given by a hologram. Sure. Like kind of augmented reality, maybe a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe the, maybe the vids do come through on the, in his headset, because maybe that's just easier, like sure. More energy efficient. (laughs) Yeah. There has to be some utility to that as an engineer because they're not necessarily going in here thinking ah we're well they kind of are they are armed when they go onto the ship yeah uh, that's a good point i but you're right he's not i think in my head because he's wearing what is essentially a suit of armor right away in my yeah. head he's like a shock trooper but he's he's really not like yeah, he has to find his first weapon and <laughs> and it's not even a weapon it's a plasma cutter which is a mind right. tool <laughs> <laughs> so he's like trying to, yeah, exactly. So yeah, no, that's interesting. Like clearly the, 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 these people were not ready for this level of peril as they came to the ship. <laughs> yeah. I, oh, by the way, his helmet, uh, is, is super iconic. I love his helmet. Um, mm-hmm. it is, it has been suggested that, um, and I think there was some evidence for this. I can't remember what it was, but, um, if you haven't seen this, I'll show you a picture. Uh, it has been suggested that his helmet is inspired by the front of the ship in Event Horizon. Oh, okay. Which is, have you seen that movie? 
I don't know that I have. It's it's a horror movie. It's not great. I'll say that much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you should watch it at some point. Um, maybe we can watch it together when you visit. Yeah. Um, they're very similar, I think. Um, are you looking up a picture of it right now? I am. That's, I'm looking at it right now. That's what it looks right like now. you're doing. Um, yep. <laughs> I think, um, yeah, I, I think there's uh, uh, enough similarity there to uh, convince me of that. And I think the storylines are kind of similar. And both of them, you end up on your uh, rescue crew for a ship. And then yep. everything gets creepy and wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so they get into this room and then... And then uh, they say, hey, hey, you engineer boy, get to get yeah, to work. Go, go, go. do the thing. <laughs> <laughs> and then they, that's the whole game. <laughs> yes. That, that is. Engineer boy, go is, do the thing. That is. You, you, are, you have become the bitch boy of the <laughs> other two characters in the game that are just like, we're just going to hide here for a little bit. Yeah. Also, we're soldiers, and yeah. you're the engineer. Like, the, the, they brought two soldiers in with them, and both of them died immediately. Just right away, yep. And I'm like, how is this engineer guy somehow a better tactician than these soldiers? Yep. Do you think, okay, is there a way that we can uh, reconcile this? That, that we can figure this out, Jackson? Uh, um redeem it redeem it well he's certainly he's a he's i mean there's so much that i don't know about isaac like where does he come from like what sort of uh, backstory does he have because he doesn't come off as just an engineer like he is <laughs> looks like he's got something else in his background at least some sort of combat training Maybe. i don't know why the soldiers die so fast like yeah. if they actually are guards or something like that, maybe yeah. they're maybe maybe they're just glorified security. Honestly, yeah, maybe. Maybe I mean they. <laughs> I don't. They didn't expect to have to shoot anything probably right. when they got here. They but, might yeah. just be like security guards and just have weapons. Yeah, I don't know. Yep, I think that that's uh, fairly likely. Uh, mm -hmm. One argument one could make is uh, that you later find out that. Um, in order to kill them, you have to cut off the limbs of the necromorphs. Yes. Mm -hmm. Which um, so, is, yeah. it's kind of like, you know, the way of killing a vampire. You can't actually kill it. You just have to stop it from moving. Right. Because these, these necromorphs are not actually alive. So you can't, like, just cut out their heart and kill them. I mean, you can cut right. off their heads and they'll still swing at you sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So... <laughs> They are not alive in the same sense that a human is alive or a person is alive. They don't have vital organs or, well, they have organs probably still, but right. they don't have vital organs. So you just have to stop them from moving. Right. So maybe Isaac just learned that quick enough. But then like, you're like, you're on a ship with thousands of other people and still right. this, this thing spread. Mm-hmm. And, and no one, no other engineer on the ship learned that quickly. Yeah. <laughs> also, I, I hate that I, how many times the game told me to cut off their limbs. It's yeah. written on the wall. Yeah, you get an audio <laughs> thing from it. The, 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 the captain and the lady, what is she? The second in command? Uh, yeah. I can't uh, yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. the, those two people tell you to cut off their limbs. I think like. 
This is a great game. Don't get me wrong. Right. But one gripe I have with it is it's pretty condescending to you in the first <laughs> hour of the game. Yes. <laughs> I, every time I do anything, a little tutorial pops up and tells me what to do. And I'm like, yes, I know. I'll skip it. I'll just push the <laughs> yeah. button. And There's even like voiceover. It's not even just text. Like the AI tells you the text of yeah. the pop-up. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, I'm yep. not. But this is an M-rated game, right? Like I'm not right. a child. <laughs> I can. Uh, I also yeah. don't. I, I also don't like how there's no button mapping. Like ever since mm. I started playing Overwatch, I I hate it when games don't have button mapping. Yeah, because then I can't change anything, and some of the controls are a little clunky in this game. But it is the first game, and you know I give Versal a pass because they they um really uh, fixed it in the next games. Yeah, but you know there's there's things I don't quite like, which is uh, like um the reload mechanic, which is you have to aim and press A to reload. Yeah, yep. I don't really like that very much. But it, you know, the story makes up for it. So, yes. What is interesting going into this game is it does feel like an older echelon of games. And it's, I mean, the series right. itself yeah, is quite it new. I think it was copyrighted 2008. So it's, you know, it's still, it's within the last decade, but still, it feels like a Dark Souls almost. Mm. Like it's, it feels like it's, uh, you know, it's a, it is a very railroad uh, plot. You're not doing a whole lot of ex, like just free world exploration or anything. You're going from room to room, from, mission to mission and um i mean i'm i'm really enjoying it because i haven't played a railroad game in a long time like just a straight up story based run through the corridors do the things um and it's a compel i mean so far it's a pretty compelling version of that there's a lot of impetus for things moving and just the uh, what is slowly beginning to build in my head as a result of this this kind of meta part of this railroad is you're you're trying to maintain this uh this environment that is a spaceship like as this spaceship is has oop bump my mic um as the spaceship you did it this time <laughs> um as the spaceship is is has been left alone for goodness knows how long um the uh, it is falling apart so when you get there a your ship crashes so there's no way off and you have to do these things yeah or else you will die um and so that's i mean that's like that's as long as they can keep that uh, urgency rolling that's that's fine for me in terms of a railroad it's yeah as long as it's a compelling railroad i'm totally fine going along for the ride yeah that i think that reconciles the you know being the bitch boy role in this game is yeah. that you are the engineer and there's stuff that needs to be fixed and mm-hmm. i mean that is that is what you're there for is to fix the ship yeah but also it's like you're sending off <laughs> this untrained this he's not a soldier or at least we don't think he is he's just an engineer he's been right. sitting in he's been sitting in rooms tinkering with electronics his whole life like that's <laughs> yep. that's his job he Mm-hmm. Talk but about I, rising to yeah. the occasion. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I would do very well in that situation. Yeah. I think first necromorph comes after me and then just stabs me in the heart and I'm dead. Yeah. Dang or, it! Or I just panic. Like mm-hmm. I, I panic enough in the game. If this happened to me in real life, I would. It would uh, be yeah. It'd be terrifying. Just, also. 
I would have probably stroked out halfway through. Like, I'm already looking away from the screen sometimes because there's so much flashing light. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just have to be like, okay, I'm just going to get through this hallway. Wow. Um, yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. Can't do this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. No, I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Yeah. I think it'd be, uh, it's going to be a Isaac rough experience. Is, I, Isaac is probably the most badass character in video games. Yeah. Because he can just, he can just do this. Right. We do see in the second game that it does take a very significant toll on him, though. Yeah. I because, imagine it would. Yeah. And he is, I mean, he's still, um, he's still pretty hardcore, but he is not functioning on the same level. His his mind has deteriorated. He is not, yeah. well, I mean, he's still lucid. He's fine, but like he, he hallucinates and uh, sees things and he is like, he, like he has PTSD basically from the whole experience. Yeah. Oh, and that does take a toll on a person. <laughs> yeah. I, it, it totally would. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you are the errand boy. Mm-hmm. And you can begin to go around and, I mean, <laughs> I think the hook for chapter four is something along the lines of the captain saying, I can't do this. Come up here and help me. <laughs> like, he's yeah. been working on it for two chapters, and he's like, okay, nope, I can't. Come up and help me. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, okay. Um, but yeah, I think I think in in general, that's an inch... It's an interesting and kind of annoying thing to think about metally, but in the moment of the game, they do a good job at motivating it because you're initially right away, you're, you're split up from each other. Um, you, you wind up locked in a room when the first of the necromorphs come in and, uh, attack the main party and, uh, everyone the two soldiers die. And then the captain and the first mate go off in another direction and you're forced to run a different direction. Yeah. Um, so right away, and then you're split by a train track, and so you're still communicating with each other, and you're trying to get things working. You're in different parts of the ship. But I don't think that there's another point. You you do uh, interact, like you're in the same room as the other characters so far, um, occasionally, but so far not all together. Yeah. So you are still split up, and the sense is that, yes, you are the errand boy, but it's it's kind of because there's no other way to do it. Like you need, I need to be standing at this control while you turn that on. So go do that. (laughs) And this other person is stuck in a, like a janitor closet that is close (laughs) to the computer room. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, it's like, they don't make any effort to like group up again and then go do all this stuff that needs to be done. They're just like, all right, screw grouping up. Just go, go turn on the, uh, the, the centrifuge. Right. <laughs> Just split the party. Everything goes well when yeah. you do that. <laughs> um, I think that's really interesting. The centrifuge as a gravity um, generator. It's like yeah. in the future, somehow they found a way to use centrifugal force, which simulates gravity, and used, uh, found a way to transfer that into uh some form of energy how to some way to transfer that energy into pulling rocks off planets or whatever right i think that's Mm -hmm. kind of an interesting idea i have no idea how they would do it because we haven't done it and it doesn't really work that way but i think it's interesting i think that's a good um good imagination on you uh visceral good yeah good, uh, good good creative uh way of approaching it i think i think that's pretty cool um 
Yeah, in so, general, so far, it's it's fun seeing the way they play with uh, tech tech yeah. that we kind of have, but we're are not there yet because they're also. Uh, I just got to chapter five, and the thing in chapter five is you're supposed to go and fix the oxygen problem. Yeah. Um, so now you're going to uh, the hydroponics area, and that's how they're generating oxygen up here. Yeah. Um, which is like we have that now, but we haven't, you know, used it to make oxygen on a spaceship yet, to my knowledge. <laughs> We use, um, inst- we don't actually make oxygen on spaceship. What on spaceships? What we do is we filter out the CO two. We have CO two filters. Right. Yes. Yeah. I I really like yeah the just the aesthetic of the tech in this game. Um, like it's not like Star Trekky where everything is just like smooth and like yeah so futuristic. It's like alien. The I I mean they have this basically magical tech. But everything is still like, you know, machinery and moving parts and stuff yeah. that like we can recognize as as a machine as or that it came from Earth, at least yeah. something like industrial you, or yeah, something you can use a wrench on. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess I guess it makes sense for um for Star Trek because they actually interact with all these alien species. Yeah. Uh, the humans in this world do not mm-hmm. or haven't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I haven't um, found them yet. Yeah. So they have built everything like this themselves. So Jackson, um you're the story guy. I wanted to uh ask you about this idea of the silent protagonist because in this game, not in not in game 2 or game 3, but in this game, Isaac doesn't say a word. Mhm. So what's that about? It's it's like an old style of video gaming kind of. Again, it kind of harkens back to um, you know, like a a Dead Souls sort of format or 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 uh <laughs> the the silent western almost. Um not the silent western. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but the silent hero in a western. Um, mm. you know, the person who kind of shows up, doesn't say much, but gets the job done. And um uh, it 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 belongs in an echelon of games that I think Dead Space is just on the tail end of uh, date wise. Um, it makes sense that it doesn't happen again in the second one because games changed and we want to see cinematics and stuff like that. But yeah. all of the, most of the cinematics happen in game, which is uh, also a rare thing now. This it's it's a uh, most of the thing you things you see it's an uncut run of stuff. That's true about the second game as well. Yeah, they are in game, uh, but they are um, still uh, still very cinematicy. But they're like, there's no like camera changing. Um, but it, the game transitions between uh, uh, between game and cinematic very fluidly. Uh, the third one, I can't remember if there are or not. I would have to play it again. Um, mm-hmm. I think yeah. what it I think what it allows you to do a little bit. Uh, counterintuitively is it allows you to enter into the character a little bit more personally mm-hmm. um in a different way so let's compare it to the way that you enter into the character of uh, Aloy from Horizon Zero Dawn yeah. um in that you are making choices but yet they are pre-decided choices and you get to choose one of three ways that you get to play her right um the silent character allows you to 
just become that character. It doesn't mean that uh, you, the player, are the character anymore. Uh, rather, the character is you. Oh no, no, reverse that. Um, okay, okay. Y- yeah, switch that around. Uh, I, I got that. I got that lead up wrong. But like, the character is not you. You are the character. You are forced mm-hmm. to enter into their world and experience it, and you don't get to you don't really get to change the way they you get to change the way they move, but not the way that they experience the world or how they interact with the world. Uh, well, I mean, killing things is interacting yeah. with the world, right? But um, I guess maybe maybe cerebrally or mentally, I guess it's it's the difference there. You, it forced me anyway to become Isaac rather than. Uh, in Horizon Zero Dawn, making Aloy become my choices. Right. Uh, do you think that clashes with the third-person style of uh, of Dead Space? That's a great question. Um, yes and no. Uh, so, so yes, I think is the answer, but I wouldn't change it either. Um, so let me okay. qualify qualify my two different. Uh, viewpoints uh because it's third person you are removed from the character you get the sense that you are um uh, you're you're not immersed into the character like you are in say skyrim which is actually uh kind of similar you know you don't get a lot of scenes of yourself talking in skyrim um but and you're right in first person um or third you can you can switch back and forth that's true yep but uh a lot of time I, i at least always played in first person yeah um but but I don't think this game works in first person. <laughs> it is already so chaotic, and uh, and you, so many things sneak up on you from behind already. If you don't have that little bit of extra uh, view for right. you, I don't know if I don't know if you could even get a handle of some of the spaces that you go in. You're 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 required to have a three hundred and sixty almost uh three hundred sixty and three dimensional grasp of the situation. Right. If when you're in zero gravity areas. And I just don't know that uh that I'd be able to play that in first person view. Yeah, I think I agree with you. Just the way that the game plays, I don't think that it would be as good of a game if it was in first person. Yeah. That's not to say that there aren't great first person horror thriller games right like amnesia is really good i don't know if you've ever played that um have not no it's it's pretty good we, uh, we should play it sometime it's i played it years ago though um and yeah that game is still scary but i think just the way that this game is built it needs to be in third person yeah i don't know what do you i mean what do you think is the why don't we get to hear isaac interacting with people well or do you think it matters we know it's not a voice acting issue because they use the same voice actor in the second game. And I say voice acting because he does like grunt and scream mm-hmm. when he gets attacked. But it takes me out of the game a little bit when he's talking or talking air quotes to the other members of the crew. Like they just right. talk to him and like like when when their ship blows up later in the game when he's trying to fix it again. Um, they message him the uh, the second in command. She she says, "What happened to the ship?" And then, or or no, the um, the commander says, "What happened to the ship?" And then, the uh, the second in command's like, "That was our only ride out of here." It's like it's like they answer <laughs> their own questions, right? And they, 
it's like they they somehow they always have all the information they need from Isaac. He never has to say, "Ah, uh, yeah, uh, that's your problem right there. You got to bust a carburetor on your uh, <laughs> yeah. gl- um, on on your uh, respiratory uh, accelerator. Uh, I'm gonna have to fix this. Um, uh, it's gonna take. Uh, uh, we got to order the parts. It's gonna be about three weeks. Uh, I can get you an invoice." Uh, or an, an estimate by the end of the day, and I'll send you an invoice once I'm done. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh. Oh man, the gears are all, just all full of this uh, of this necrotic tissue. Uh, I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna. I'm gonna need to get a cleanup crew in here. It's gonna take a while. <laughs> Where do you even get that necrotic tissue? That would be. I, I want. I want the version of the game where. <laughs> Where he's just voiced by a mechanic. Yeah. Isaac, go, Isaac, Isaac, you need to turn on the, you need to go turn on the, the, damn it, uh, the, the, I can't even remember. You need centrifuge? to go turn on the centrifuge. Uh, yeah, um, hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I've got a few other jobs uh, right now. I'm gonna have to. Uh, I'm gonna have to get back to you about when I can get to it. Uh, pretty backed Maybe up. Get you gotta in be on about Friday. three months. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, oh boy. Wow. Uh, I'm gonna need uh, uh, to call my uh, buddy in uh, stasis to come down here and help me with this. Uh, yeah. That's uh, probably gonna double the price, you know, uh, with all the man hours. Uh, I'll see if my guys can get down here, help out with this. It's gonna yeah. take a while. See what we can do about it. Uh, uh, you know. Hope um, you live that long. They're gonna have to. Uh, you might have to uh, evacuate the ship. Uh, it's n- not gonna be very safe. Uh, well, with the orbit decaying and all. Uh, yeah, yeah. man. But hey, you can get a hold of me at this number if anything comes up. Uh, also, also, I would rec- I would recommend uh, you know adding these accessories to uh, to this planet cracking vessel. Uh, you know, you're gonna get a lot more. <laughs> Uh, if if you uh, really uh, up the boost, boost the uh, boost the power on um, on uh, this uh, on the centrifuge, you know you're going to be able to get a lot more out of your planet cracking. I'm I'm just going to write that in for you. Uh, it's this is basically useless without it. Uh. <laughs> Have you like been hanging out with repairmen? No. <laughs> I just know the stereotypes. Right. <laughs> or you get a free a free air freshener for your um uh, for, uh, for the for the for the cockpit. Uh uh the de- the fuck what's the uh, what's the name of the 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 cockpit on a very large ship. What's it called? The bridge? The bridge, yeah. I got you a, I got you an air freshener for the bridge. Um uh, I, I could give you more. I just see it's a pretty big place. Uh, you're going to need a lot more. I mean, you guys are a bunch of nerds. You're pretty smelly. Uh, but uh, I, I, unfortunately, you're going to have to pay for the rest of them. You only get one with each job. Yeah. Also, yeah. I would I would get uh, I would get all these necromorphs checked out. I mean, this is a really, really huge problem. You're going to have to get a whole new crew. Probably, probably get a new security team. It seems like they really didn't do their job here. <laughs> We've suddenly become like the Sims or something. I, I don't know I what this game it. is. <laughs> Jackson, I can't stop it. I can't Help! stop it. <laughs> this this uh, bit has gone on way too long. <laughs> I'm not even good at improv. I'm sure once I listen back to this, I'm I'm gonna sound like an idiot. <laughs> it'll be 
it'll be a great riff. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, somebody, somebody make that. Uh, that would make a great YouTube video. If yes, if like he got orders from the commander and he would be like, "Sorry, I can't. I can't do jobs. Just uh, I, I can't uh, give favors out. Gonna have to." Gonna right. Have to charge you. Guess I'm just gonna have to write that down. You'll get the invoice. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Well, so. I think like that's a pretty good. Um, was that was there another thing? I think that's about most of what we wanted to cover this time. Was there one more topic we were trying to think of? Or um, I did want to talk a little bit about interstellar travel. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, I think we could get through this pretty quickly. Um. Because, uh, yeah, um, so interstellar travel is, you know, things physicists have been considering since space travel started. The The issue is, is that everything is very far away. The closest star to uh, Earth is Alpha Centauri, and that's like four and a half light years away, something like that. And that means traveling at the speed of light, it would take four years to get there. Interestingly enough, if you could travel at the speed of light... Uh, time would pass instantly for you in that moment. But in, in, it's not. Uh, it, it would pass instantly for you uh, during that trip. So you would leave Earth and arrive at Alpha Centauri. But four and a half years would still have passed for the people on Earth. But that's not uh, what's going on here. You know, you want time to be passing at the right rate. Also, matter can't right. travel at the speed of light. That doesn't. Um, that's not good for it <laughs> yeah or it, it <laughs> yeah but, um so there's 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 um way theoretical ways that we've uh, tried to tackle this try to find workarounds and um t- two of the big ones are you know you could use a wormhole and uh, problem there is uh making a wormhole is probably and technologically impossible for humans ever uh, just a straight up wormhole. That's not gonna be easy to do. And also, wormholes have a tremendous amount of gravity, and it's not. Um, uh, it's probably not gonna be very survivable. Yeah. And I mean, basically, the only way to do that is actually poke a hole in space time. You know, the whole thing where people um, put a piece of paper together and then stab it. Yeah. We have no way of stabbing space time. But we could do something like in Star Trek where we warp space-time, where we shrink the space in front of us and expand it behind us. And so you could look at the piece of paper and instead of imagining it like a piece of paper, pretend it's like rubber, and then you just sort of like bend the space and then you just fold it back to its original place. So then you don't have a hole in space-time anymore. Right. So it seems to me... They're probably doing something like that. Mm-hmm. How we would do this, I don't know. But yeah, is there? And I don't know yeah. the I don't know the like context of it. But could they have discovered uh, is 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 wormhole travel possible at all beyond creating one? Like if they were to find one that happened to link to that area. Again, we're talking about a massive amount of gravity, but right. Well, I mean, yeah. wormholes are still theoretical. And mm-hmm. so I think there's a lot of, you know, I think the major issue is going to be gravity there. Um, and they've harnessed gravity. So maybe if if in this uh, universe where humans have this technology, maybe they could do that. But we see in the other games that they can pretty readily travel 
just wherever they want. Sure. So I think what's going on is, you know, a warp drive situation, which if they can control gravity, they can probably build a warp drive like in like in Star Trek. So I think that's what's going on. I imagine, you know, this doesn't mean they can just go anywhere and it's still going to take time to get to the places you need to get to. Right. So it's not like we can just pick a spot in the galaxy and just drive there. (laughs) Right. Because it shortens the time it takes to get to a place and kind of cheats, but it doesn't... It's still a a finite speed that you're going at. And we also see that they can send signals uh, between places because they got the distress signal from the ship. Right. So I, I wonder how they are doing that. That I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Yes. I, I, I don't know. Because because uh, the the concept is or the 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 first mate winds up talking about uh, that they basically think it's like their sensor array that's the problem that their signal is just broken. So clearly they got some sort of distress signal uh, somehow from across whatever gap of space yeah. they were in. But yeah, I have to do some research. <laughs> yeah how to communicate across solar systems <laughs> universe no yeah. how far is this like where is Aegis? uh Aegis. it's not Aegis. Aegis. i mean sure say it, say it right jackson <laughs> uh, <laughs> um yeah what uh, how far is it i don't know yeah what if that's all that what if that's all scientists had to do this whole time we we don't know how to get to other star systems in a amount of time that doesn't take forever. How are we going to do this? And then somebody just Googles it. Oh. 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 <laughs> the internet. What? Of course. What? <laughs> Why hadn't I thought of that before? <laughs> they find it they find it in a YouTube comment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Some six-year-old troll figured it out. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> and then started a 38-reply debate. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, right. I, think, I think that about does it for the first one. We wanted to do kind of an introductory one before we really dig into it next week. Yeah. And uh, we're going to really start grappling with some of the characters and the topics and the themes next week, uh, both because we wanted to give you an episode to kind of get in the groove and decide whether or not you want to play this game first, but also because I have not played that far. Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, but yes, next week we'll be talking, uh, I mean, stuff that I want to talk about is definitely how he uses kinesis. Um, the, I want to dig into these doctors that, uh, decided to continue this religion on even in the face of uh such horrificness yeah. and <laughs> so yeah there's there's lots of good stuff to come still all right well uh jackson what are you playing well dead space right. um <laughs> anything else um Let's see. I'm working I'm still working my way through Frozen Wilds. I think next on my list is I am I know I said I was going to a long time ago, but I never did. Next on my list after these two is Bloodborne. Um, right. It's been it's been sitting on my list for Ava, and it. I, I I read another article about it the other day about how awesome it is. So I'm definitely gonna play that next. Cool, cool. Um, I've been playing a lot of Fortnite actually. Hey, yeah. I'm, I'm trash at it, but I've been playing a lot of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I love uh, Fortnite. Y- 
Yeah, so I've um I I originally got it on console, but I recently got it on my laptop oh, because good. I have a friend that uh, plays it and um she plays it pretty regularly and she's one of my friends from college and uh my uh one of my uh my best friend Joey's girlfriend. Um so we um so uh, now that I'm not uh, in the cities anymore, I don't get to see those two. So it's a good way for me to to talk to at least or and kind of hang out with at least one of them. Yeah. And yeah, it's it's fun because since I have this microphone that can't connect to my Xbox, I can actually talk to people. And it's yeah. great. And I've actually made uh, some cool friends that I play with regularly. And it's really fun. And nice. it's it's also fun to go in game. Um, and like talk to strangers and they're like, whoa, dude, you're, what mic are you using? <laughs> Your voice sounds so professional. I'm like, I'm, yeah. Yeah, I'm using this. And, uh, yeah, I, I have to be honest. I leave games regularly if people don't have mics. Yeah. Which is, which is mean, but I, I get bored <laughs> if I don't get to talk to people in the game. I don't like solo queuing or, yeah. or, or just soloing. I I need to do squads. I need to talk to somebody. Otherwise, yeah. it's boring. Uh, th- th- that's that, interesting. That's what, I that's what I almost always me. play solo on that one. That's interesting. Yeah, but yeah. Um, a oh, console is absolutely the way to play that game. So, I um yeah I'm I'm trash <laughs> on the computer, mm-hmm. and I have to play on potato settings because it's my laptop. Oh yeah yeah. yeah. Um, I meant yeah. laptop, not console. Laptop or desktop is the way to play that game. Console yeah, is awful. I, I need to get a desktop <laughs> for playing video games. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I also I will admit I spent ten dollars on the on the battle pass for this season. Yeah, <laughs> it's my nice friends, stuff. My friends pressured me into it. Yeah, I, I think if I'd... you're playing it, if you are playing in squads or in duo, that's that's a, a kind of a no brainer. I wish I had gotten it last season. I mean, I just didn't care about the game enough, but I wish I did because now I can never get the John Wick skin or the astronaut skin. And yeah. That's, that's, that's me. That's, yep. that's the skin I want. <laughs> um, yeah. Other than that, what am I excited for? Uh, nothing. <laughs> Not right now. <laughs> excited to get, uh, get through dead space. I, um, mm-hmm. I don't remember the story as, uh, well as I should I have I've only actually played Dead Space 1 once uh I've played Dead Space 2 many times sure so, yeah uh yeah and yeah. um yeah 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 this is our dumbest episode yet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we will see you all next week yes, for more yes, stunning will. content. So until then, I'm Jackson Nikolai. Wait. Yes, you are, Jackson, but we didn't tell them something yet. What? What didn't we tell them? We forgot to tell them about our social media. Oh, well, yes. You all know about our social media, right? The Facebooks, the Twitters, the Instagrams, and the emails. So, if there yes. is anything else that you want us to c- be sure that we hit as we're in Dead Space, or a game you want us to play next, or a snide remark about some of our Horizon Zero Dawn comments, yes. let us know there. Uh, our email is gamesciencepodcast at gmail.com. 
that's in the description. Uh, listen to us on SoundCloud and on iTunes. And if you're listening to us on iTunes, uh, subscribe to us, please, please, please. Mm-hmm. And also um, rate the show. Helps rate people, the show. Helps people Leave a see review. It. And share it with your friends. Tell them how yes. great we are. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> Uh, uh, that was that was a perfect time to use that. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> All right. uh, well, now Jackson is Jackson Nikolai. Yes. Until next week, I'm Lord Voldemort. I'm Daniel James Parker. <laughs> this is game science. Game on. I'm quitting the show. <laughs> <laughs> oh.